0: life moms community i am so excited to announce that now you can subscribe to the real life moms podcast for only $1.99 a month you'll have access to ad-free previous release subscriber only episodes early release of our upcoming episodes and once a month you'll have access to a bonus contact like behind the scenes or an intimate q a with our guests a subscription to real life moms podcast can make an amazing gift for yourself or for someone you love So subscribe today, just click on the link in the show notes of this episode. And now, back to this week's podcast. Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast where real moms have real conversations about real life issues. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics And continuing our conversation through our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we want you to become part of our community. Today, my incredible friend, Bridget Lovett, is here to join us to talk about the topic, finding yourself within the role of parenting. Hi, Bridget. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming on Real Life Moms. I'm so happy to have you today.
1: I'm happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I can't wait to visit with you. So we talked about today's topic. It's going to be
0: finding our own identity within our roles of parenting. That's easy,
1: isn't it? Sure. I think we can nail that.
0: You are a mom of two kids, and so am I. And what I think is cool about us talking about this topic is that, you know, we knew each other before kids, and we knew each other when we had, like, other interests and hobbies. And we knew everything then, didn't we? I feel like I I knew who I was. I may have not known, like, everything, but I felt like I knew who I was. And if you ask me like what I'd like to do, like I actually had an answer for that. And now I feel like when people ask me what I like to do, I'm kind of like, I don't, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Because
1: it's interesting when I have to kind of face the idea of what do I do for myself? That's not, you know, I've tried the whole, as a mom doing quote unquote self care. Um, of like getting my nails done or getting a massage. And those are all huge luxuries or going for a walk or, or things like that. And it's like, yeah, but that's not who I am either. Um, So how do I find what actually feeds me as a person so that I can, you know, be there for my family? Because if I don't, I really get, you know, kind of resentful towards this family that I love so much, especially when you have such little, personal time. It's mm-hmm. um, its a struggle all on its own. The other piece is that it you kind of feel like you're alone as you're going through it. Even the most social of us who you know love to be with other people, it's hard to know if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so cool that you have started this podcast because we really need to know that other people are going through what we're going through.
0: Your story to me though is interesting because I know we talked before and and when you were little, someone yeah. says to you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And what was your answer? I want to be a mom. I know. So crazy, right? Like who'd have thought? Yeah. I didn't even
1: know that was an option actually to say as an answer. Well, yeah. well my mom, I mean, she just loved being a stay at home mom. And so I think I saw her do that and go, yes, that's it. So it's like some people see astronauts and they're like, Oh my gosh, I want to do that. I saw my mom and that's what I wanted to do.
0: Yeah. And I, I love my mom, but I did not see that. (laughs) And I had met your
1: mom and
0: she was an awesome woman and I can see why you were so inspired by her.
1: She made it look a lot easier than my experience has been. And I can tell you, it wasn't because I was a great kid. You know, she embraced it. She loved it. And she did a great job. Um, She had a really cool career. She was a physical therapist. Um, And she went back to that career when I was in middle school. But in between, she just made mothering look like a vocation and just like her pleasure to do it. Um, Being a mother and a wife was, you know, her calling and she nailed it.
0: And you stayed home part of the time.
1: Yeah, so I, I worked for a little bit out of necessity, but my husband and I, our goal was always that I would stay home with our kids. It was a a lot harder mm-hmm. than my mom made it look like, and b, it was um, very hard for me to find my identity in that role of full time mom and engineer and house runner and all you know all the things that. Uh, are under the title of stay-at-home mom. Having that be my focus was a huge challenge. I never was a
0: fully stay-at-home mom as I went back to work part-time originally, but what I really realized quickly was that when I was home, there were really no breaks. there was no lunch break or bathroom break and really just no time off and And it truly is hard to really find yourself when you're just
1: kind of in the midst of the day to day, especially when your kids are young totally and it's interesting because you know i I went back to work with both my after both my girls were born, and then gradually we reached the point where I could stay home, so it was like this. I'm having a hard time keeping track of it all and the expectations I put on myself were huge. So like that, that here's what I should do list got really long. I did get, pretty depressed with it. I, um, and even though, you know, I've been treated for depression and had counseling and all that kind of stuff, this was a new kind of thing. This was Mm -hmm. here. I was living and achieving my ultimate goal and Mm -hmm. wanting to take a nap, checking out of my day to day. And that's how I knew I wasn't living, um, in my highest values.
0: So here you are, you're living your ultimate dream of being a stay-at-home mom. And then you're figuring out that it's not what you expected. And so how did you pick yourself up and, and find yourself, if you will? Well, I'm still looking.
1: So um, just so that no one gets any <laughs> We're not there yet, of, uh, yes. that I've arrived. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I feel more inspired for the day now that I have a little bit of balance. And so my mm-hmm. schedule now is that I work part-time three days a week. And then I mom and I, um, do other things, um, mm-hmm. the rest of the week. And, and I'll be honest, you know, I, I did turn to therapy and getting, I had my kids, you know, have, um, Kind of neurodiversity, so they have their own therapists. Mm-hmm. And what I was realizing was I was spending a lot of time talking to their therapists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that was my one sign. Um, that in the constant nap wanting, um, winning the constant naps. Uh, let me know that I really needed to see my own therapist, mm-hmm. and started seeing her. And you know, she really helped me kind of see why I was um, feeling that way and why my, you know, why I was trying to check out so much um, mm-hmm. napping or Facebooking or, you know, going out, um, for drinks with a friend or whatever. I was, I was just kind of checking out of the stuff that I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say one thing she really helped me to kind of see was that the amount of shoulds that I put on my plate were super high. That made me really kind of give up myself and try to live this idea of what mothering. Being a wife, but you know that should list. It it pertained to more than just I should stay home. I should cook dinner for my family. It was like my kids should be in these extracurriculars. My I should be like this for my husband. I and and mind you, my husband was not putting this stuff on me. This was all in my mind. Yeah, and that my kids should do this. As a family, we should eat dinner together every Mm -hmm. night. As these, we should be going for hikes. We should be going for family bike mm-hmm. rides. And what she said was, okay, I want you to spend a week like, what, when are you actually feeling joy with your family? Mm-hmm. When are you actually feeling restful? Take note of what is a should and what is your reality. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to let things go a little bit that I should be doing because I thought that was an ideal. Way for me to raise my family. And so, you know, now we don't do nightly dinners. Mm -hmm. I told you 10 years ago that we would do every dinner together, never have the television on, you know, and our organic meals would be home prepped by me. And now I bring in some, you know, it it depends on the night, but I I can go everywhere from the beautiful organic meal where we're sitting down saying prayers and eating together and laughing together. But that's the rarity. The should is now a special treat. Yeah, and and that's such a good
0: point because I feel like a lot of parents feel like they need to be perfect. And it's like, if I can take care of all the housework and if I can support my kids for all their activities, and if I can do all these things, then it's equal to like, I'm a good mom. But what I'm finding is by doing so much, I didn't really even realize that what I was actually taking away from my husband is that he was starting to feel like he wasn't included. And so all of a sudden, getting him to do the dishes and helping out with the house, you know, he started feeling like he was included and actually participating in the family. Whereas before, when I was doing everything, I didn't realize I was even taking that away from him. And, you know, once again, this perfection, like you have to do everything, may look really good on the outside and may make a beautiful photo. But it really isn't fulfilling and it doesn't necessarily bring happiness. I'm a firm believer that if mom is happy,
1: the family is happy. That That's an interesting point because, you know, you try and be happy for your family too and do the things that you think are are going to make for a happy family. But then a lot of times what I was doing was I was kind of stuffing my emotions down so that I would look happy and appear happy to my kids so that they didn't have to shoulder any of my burdens. But really what I was showing them was a great example of like stuffing your emotions. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The, that sucks is really authentic and kids can handle that. And not only can they handle it, but having examples of when to go, huh, this -hmm. is really hard. I need a break from it. Like they needed some examples Right. Of me being real about how things were. instead and of how to
0: deal that. with it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember when my, uh, especially when my kids were little, I'm not sure if this is a great parenting move or not, but I would put myself in timeout. And uh, I, would, I would do it often. <laughs> I, I think, think, often. It's, great, my kids I think be, it's a
1: great parenting move.
0: <laughs> my kids would be like arguing or doing whatever. And I said, I would say, Hey, I would set a timer. I would make sure they were safe. And I would go into a room and I'd say, mom is going into timeout. And they would have the look on their face was like, huh? You're in trouble. Because if I stay here another minute, something will or should have put me in timeout.
1: Because
0: (laughs) I'm about to lose it.
1: Right. How many timeouts do I wish I would have taken so I didn't have the big parenting fails? But I mean, honestly, I... That is a strategy I wish I would have taken a lot more often because yeah. really taking a minute and and I'll often say to the girls now, you know what, I'm going to go take a minute because I'm too upset. And, and I think that's a great, you know, that transparency with our kids. Um, and I don't I think what you did there was you're speaking in their language, too. Right. By saying I'm going to when they were little, I'm going to go take a time out. Yeah, that's a good so, point. You know, I, I have to say for all the moms who are stay-at-home moms, or what I wish I would have known at the time was that there's no one right way to do it. That mm-hmm. it's not when they're young, you should be doing this. When they're mm-hmm. in grade school, do this. When they're, yeah. it, it's take a, you know, really connect with your family. Take a look at what they need and do that. Especially with kids with neurodiversity, they look typical mm-hmm. and they act atypical. Mm-hmm. And I always thought it looked like a reflection of my parenting and I would get super embarrassed. Mm. You know What all these people think of me right now is not my business. My business is to take care of these kids. Yeah.
0: And, and that's a great one because even beyond that, it's even in things like TV time. Like I'm going to be honest, my kids, they watch a lot of TV, they play video games and and I actually like watching TV. And I, and I know it's looked on like bad parenting. And in the beginning, I was like trying to hide it. You know, people would be like, what do your kids like to do? And I'd be like, oh, my daughter likes to dance. And my son maybe played soccer once. <laughs> yeah, and but now when people ask me what my kids are doing, I just say my son plays video games and my daughter's on her phone and... And that's what we do, you know. I think um I think all parents feel judged about something, even like the little things. And it's and refreshing just to be like, yeah, you know, that's who we are. And and that's it. I we watch TV. That's it. That's all.
1: Right, right. I you know, one of my favorite, you know, after a particularly embarrassing parenting style that I've expressed, I'll then clap my hands and say, That's how that's done. (laughs) Look at everybody in the room like, did you take notes? (laughs) No. We're all we are all trying our best. Yes. And sometimes, you know, we don't come out like we thought we were going. So the plan, the plan should be there is no plan, right? Right. Yeah. So along, you know, the thing that goes along with shoulds is a lot of shame because the should is a fantasy. And when we're we have all these ideas of Okay, when I go out into public, my kids are going to act like this, and or even, you know, if somebody saw my day to day and saw the amount of screen time for God's sake that my kids do, I mean, mm-hmm. Lisa, I like studied in my professional career like <laughs> the, the deficit, like the problems of screen time, yeah, and and I had all these shoulds around screen time, mm-hmm. um, and then the little bit. That my kids got a screen time I felt so much shame about just like you were yeah. saying I would totally be like yeah my kids are really into science well where are they getting that science they're getting the, they're getting that information from television the internet mm-hmm. games you know that kind of stuff well then COVID hits right and it's like who wants an iPad and not only <laughs> do want an iPad, iPads for you? everyone <laughs> I mean, because we were on top of each other, right? So I had to embrace that, like, all the shoulds were not happening. And it helped me to kind of let go of the shame of Mm -hmm. being a family that did a ton of screen time. Mm -hmm. And here we are. We occasionally go do things that are not on a screen. It was funny because we were going to go do this fall festival today and do all these cool things and my kids looked at me and they're like, instead, can we put on our pajamas, hmm. carve a couple pumpkins, and then watch all the Halloween episodes
0: of Aww.
1: shows that we like? And I was like, yes, we can do that. A
0: hundred percent. Oh, that sounds like a perfect day. I Isn't it?
1: That. And I, but I, I can see that that would have been a real guilt ridden thing that I traded in the hayride for the, Halloween episodes. But truly, Mm -hmm. that's where my family connects. So that's what I'm going to embrace. Well, Bridget, we were high screens before COVID hit.
0: So if that makes you feel any better about your parenting, I am happy to offer that to you. Well, I might be silently judging you a little I have developed so much as a parent that I don't even mind being judged anymore. And I judge other people
1: less. That's right. And and with when i feel myself doing the judgment i i need the support of our other moms and other you know families
0: yeah the whole judging of other parents thing we all need to remember that everyone is doing the best they can and what works for one kid and one family may not work at all for someone else and who are we to really judge
1: anyone amen and i think that i think we all do judge uh it's in it in some way or another. And it's up to us to take a moment of reflection to notice we are judging mm-hmm. because that's more a sign of what's going on inside of us. Right. And yeah. Not what's going on with them. And most things we're judging other people for are the things mm-hmm. we don't like about ourselves. You know, in trying to find our roles and how we can be the best parents, the best wives, the best moms you know, we do have to take care of ourselves, but it doesn't always look like getting a pedicure, you know?
0: Yeah, right. It's finding finding those things that feed your soul. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So Bridget, what would you say are the things that feed your soul? And did you find them or are you still working on them?
1: I would definitely say I'm still working on them, but um, I'm starting to see signs that, you know, going and, and being my professional self but i've i realized that the quiet moments and and then i get a lot out of connecting with my family if in in saying you know find what really feeds your soul that that can sound really cliche but in finding i it's not something that happens overnight it's not like take a look at it and go oh you know oh of course it's gardening or you know mm-hmm. whatever it's, it's really taking Um, it's like doing an audit of your day to day over time and saying that is actually what's fun for me. That actually makes me feel refreshed and paying a little bit of attention in those ways really makes a big difference. Yeah. I think that's
0: so important. And I think we do lose a lot of that when you are stuck
1: in the day to day of parenting. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it's, I, I would love to say that it was when I went back to work that I was able to see that what the shoulds were. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it all really just kind of coincided. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder now if I was a stay at home mom who knew that I didn't have to live up to all these shoulds or feel any of that shame for not living up to those shoulds. Mm-hmm. If I would have liked it and embraced it more.
0: And as I release trying to look like this perfect mom and really embrace being able to say, you know, I have no idea. That's when I really was able to enjoy my family and in this journey of parenting. Bridget, is there anything you want to leave as a takeaway for our listeners? I think the big
1: message or the big takeaway is, you know, if you're doing the best you can um, today, that is really enough yeah that's really enough and I think that's a great takeaway by the way oh Bridget well I hey. love talking to you oh, Lisa
0: thank you so much for coming and doing this with me today the way you talk and you're so positive but realistic and uh, oh, just that's the
1: nicest compliment I could get I think yeah so. it's just
0: great and and yeah, I always feel 100 times better after uh,
1: you are a you're a joy to my soul
0: Thank you so much for joining us today at Real Life Moms. This was just such an insightful conversation. And Bridget, you really said it the best with, we are just all doing the best we can. And that's enough. So if you'd like to continue talking about this particular topic or any others, please join us on our Facebook group at Real Life Moms. And don't forget, follow Real Life Moms so you don't miss an episode.